Hey everyone, and welcome back to another weekend bonus episode of Furry Explained. I know it's been a while since we've done one of these, but it feels good to just sit back, not have to write a script, and just talk about something that I experienced in the furry fandom. And this time, we're doing another furry convention review. For those who didn't know, I attended Midwest Fur Fest last week, and a lot of you listeners out there really liked the last review I did for Anthrocon earlier this summer, so I thought it'd be fun to do another one for MFF. Although, I will say that this one will be just a little bit different, because my experience and the way I experienced this convention was very different from when I went to Anthrocon earlier this year. Also, before we get too deep into it, I can already tell I'm going to be bringing up AC a lot during this, mainly because it's the last convention I went to, but also because it's the other large con that happens in the furry fandom, so it's going to be quite natural to make comparisons between the two big furry conventions that happen here at least in the United States. But anyway, I guess it'd be good to explain what I mean when I say that I experience this convention differently from AC and actually pretty much any other convention I've gone to thus far, furry or otherwise. From what I've surmised over my albeit limited experience going to cons, especially in this fandom, there's essentially three main ways that most furries experience a convention. Though, Technically, there's definitely a lot more than that, and you can make a really good argument that everyone's experience going to a furry convention is unique. So I guess a better way to phrase that is that there's three main categories of how a lot of furs go through the convention experience. The first of these three bigger categories is going through what I like to refer to as the traditional convention track. Conventions have a list of panels and events and meetups that are spread throughout a given weekend, and your con experience consists of spending your entire weekend trying to do as many of those that interest you as you can. You get your schedule beforehand, you lay out what you want to do each day, and then you hop from one panel to the next all day throughout the weekend. And with this one, if you look at the word con, which we usually use as shorthand for convention, that word can take on a double meaning of sorts and be more synonymous with the word conference, where for all intents and purposes, you are there for the convention itself and what you can learn and take away from it. Now, the biggest thing missing from going through conventions like this is the social aspect. You could technically do this with a few friends, but again, that's not really the focus of why you're there. However, if you do flip that focus and make the point of going to a convention hanging out with friends, going through a convention like that is part of the second category of how furries tend to go through cons. Doing it like this means the con itself acts more as a backdrop or a setting. It just happens to be the central location for all of your friends or people you haven't seen in a while or ever to finally meet up and simply hang out. You might go to a couple of the bigger events at the convention together, but you're mainly there for each other and not specifically for the convention itself. It's a lot less structured, it's a little bit more laid back and akin to what I would consider a true vacation. And finally, the third way of going to a convention, especially in the furry fandom, basically takes that second way and turns it up to 11, where going to a furry convention, especially a large one like MFF, is basically a three or four day long party. 
You spend the entire time going to the extreme, mostly resulting in having room parties every night. And if you do go to the actual convention space, it's for things like the raves at night. And even in this description, I'm being kind of brief on purpose. A lot of the times taking things to that extreme involves some extracurricular activities or consumption of different substances, which I don't really have the need to get into detail with nor condone, but those who know, know what I'm talking about. Anyway, those are the three main ways that I could think of when thinking about how furries do furry conventions. And again, I'm sure there's more specific ways to go about a con, like if you're there to be at the dealer's den, then cons are literally a business trip for you. Or if you love suiting, then cons are the best time to get some good mileage out of your walking piece of art. But just based on what I've seen, those main three are the most common ways I've seen people go about furry conventions. Now, I'm bringing all of this up to basically preface the fact that those are very three different distinct perspectives on how one can do a furry convention, all of which are valid to some extent. So actually reviewing a furry con is a bit tricky because it's hard to evaluate something that has three or more definitions of the thing that you're trying to evaluate. But for once, I won't try to encompass as many perspectives as possible in this review and kind of keep things as simple as I can when talking about how things went for me at MFF this year. Now, I open things up by saying that this review will be a little different than the one for Anthrocon, and that's because I attended AC and MFF in two very different ways. In short, MFF was the first furry convention, actually the first convention in my life in general, where I was with my friends for a vast majority of time. Anthrocon and all of the conventions that I've gone to before, I basically went alone. I had my own room to myself at the hotel and went through the weekend pretty much on my own terms. Unsurprisingly, this meant that up to this point, I went through conventions in the first category that I described, filling out my schedule each day and just running through as many panels as I could in an effort to learn as much as I could about the fandom and its members during a given weekend. In fact, furry conventions are still one of the best places where I get ideas for episodes of this show, so doing it that way was still very valuable. However, this time, it was a lot different. I actually stayed with my friends the entire time. In fact, it was kind of funny how there was basically a rotation of who was in my room on any given night. And during the day, I was either hanging out with those same friends or meeting up with others and hanging out with them. It was a very different convention for me as I basically went from category one to category two in my ways on how to do a furry convention. So when someone asks me, how would I review Midwest Fur Fest? I'm coming at it from that specific frame of reference. So how would I review Midwest Fur Fest? And the answer to that is quite simple. MFF was an absolute joy to attend. Not only was hanging out with friends the entire time extremely fun, actually a lot more fun than I thought it would be as we'll get into in a little bit, but the convention itself was such a conducive environment to be able to have that fun with my friends. And I guess I'll start with that because I think there's a lot of natural curiosity about MFF because it's the biggest furry convention. There were over 13,000 registered attendees there, which made it the largest furry convention ever conducted by a healthy margin. 
Now, we can argue semantics about virality, but this was the largest in-person furry convention to ever happen, which made it kind of cool to be a part of history in some ways. And uh, yeah, it really felt like it. There were people everywhere, which was fun, but overwhelming at times. But I think my favorite part about Midwest FurFest as a space where a convention was held was that, in many ways, it actually got out of its own way. For example, the registration line. Now, I'm paranoid, so I like to be early to things, and my timing was pretty good this time, and I was actually the 15th person to receive their badge at that convention. But even for everyone else, apparently the reg line moved impressively quickly. I believe they peaked at registering about 1,100 people an hour at one point, but they took the lessons learned from previous years and really got that system down as best as they can. Now, I'll be honest, the same can't be said for the line to get your vaccine status checked, but even then they had some ideas to alleviate a lot of that pain, including opening up a small line on Wednesday night for those who were there early to get that out of the way so they didn't have to deal with it on Thursday. And even then, there's a pretty real chance that next year will mark the end of checks like that, so I'm willing to give them a pass for that. Even when you made it inside of the convention, all of the longer lines, like the ones to get into the dealer's den or some of the bigger events like the dance competition, they all started out pretty long, but but they moved people at a pretty good rate, at least better than years past from what I was told. And most of that was due to Midwest FurFest being very well staffed. They had over 450 volunteers that were at the ready before the convention even started, and even more joined them throughout the convention for a variety of different shifts. I was really impressed and appreciative of them explaining at opening ceremonies how they actually compensate their volunteers, not with cash, but with different tokens of appreciation, all the way up to a free pass to next year's MFF. This was in stark contrast to Anthrocon, where you really couldn't find staff anywhere. At MFF, I didn't get that feeling at all. Now, was everything about MFF itself perfect? No, not really. Honestly, a lot of the problems came before the convention itself even started. I heard many stories of people getting their reservations for hotels in the hotel block changed last minute due to overbooking by the convention, and some people's commutes to the con turned from across the street to a mile or so away. Technically, the group that I went with actually got hit with this as well, as we were given a room in the room lottery, but lost it literally two days after when they realized they overbooked the hotel that we were granted a room in. Now, it ended up not being a big deal because, again, I'm paranoid and I booked two backup hotels for that same weekend, but we would have been pretty stranded without that foresight. Also, there were a lot of reports that the staff were quite rude when directing people around. Now, in my brief experience with them, and this might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion, I actually didn't think they were that rude, but just more curt and direct. Honestly, that's what I came in expecting. You have 450 people to wrangle well over 10,000 congoers in a way that keeps everyone safe, but still moving along smoothly. And usually when trying to do that, there isn't a lot of time for pleasantries. Now, there were some instances that reportedly did go over the line and actively harassed some attendees. But from what I heard, even 
when those instances happened, they were dealt with instantly afterwards, which can't be said for every other convention that I've gone to. Could the staff have worded some instructions a little nicer? Sure. Would I have appreciated a please and thank you every now and then? Of course. But the staff's directness wasn't off-putting enough to me, at least, to ruin the experience. However, the general opinion about how the location of the convention kind of being a convention food desert, in a way, was kind of true. At least compared to Anthrocon, which was literally in downtown Pittsburgh, Rosemont is set up a bit weird, where getting food requires some non-straightforward travel. Now, you can get stuff delivered, but not everyone can afford that for four nights straight, and even then, you have to wait a good amount of time to get your food anyway. It's hard to just say, I want something to eat, and be able to walk out and get something quick. They did have a food truck on site and they were selling pre-made items in the main hotel, but the latter was pretty expensive for what they gave you and the line for the food truck, which apparently wasn't all that cheap either, was pretty long most of the time and it really didn't help. It wasn't horrible by any means, there were still definitely options to get food, but not so simple and required a little bit of planning to figure out how you were going to get your two meals a day. Sure, there were a lot of other smaller things, like the sky bridges having four times the amount of CO2 content in the air, and yes, they were as hot as advertised, but honestly, besides those little things and the things that I just went over, MFF as a convention ran pretty well for its size. Oh, and speaking of size, that was another thing that I actually really liked about the main Hyatt Hotel and the convention space. It was crowded, but there were multiple different places that you could go to if you just needed some time away from all the noise. And I know this because, as someone with social anxiety that can get pretty bad at times, it was very easy for me to dart off to somewhere quiet when I needed time to collect myself and kind of put myself back together. At the hotel, there was a dedicated quiet room at the bottom floor, and even in the convention center, there was a back area where the artist alley was that had some rooms dedicated for panels, but it kind of wrapped all the way around to where the open space on the other side of the artist alley and those panel rooms was empty. And being able to find a place for myself that was quiet and just away from the thousands of other people was actually quite helpful. Which I guess kind of naturally leads into how things went for me at the convention. Because again, this was very different from what I'm used to. Normally, any social interaction I had at conventions previously was very structured. It was usually like a, hey, let's meet up here at this time message from either me or someone else. We'd go there and hang out and then we'd be on our separate ways. Things were predictable and fit into a time that wasn't in panels or any other structured events. So, kind of throwing that rigid structure out in order to hang out with friends and other people for a majority of the time was, honestly, an intimidating switch for me personally. It's gotten marginally better, but this year in particular, I've really been struggling with social anxiety, and yeah, the first 24 to 36 hours being with the people I was going to be with the entire weekend was rather nerve-wracking. I will give myself credit and think I did a good job of hiding it well enough, but I'm a pretty good actor when it comes to that kind of stuff, and it wasn't bad enough where the veil started to fall off, mainly because at the end of the day, I still knew these people previously, so they weren't total strangers. But 
this is where I'm going to give credit back to the convention. And when I said that the con really got out of its own way, this is kind of what I meant. The setting of Midwest Fur Fest really was a fantastic environment to just hang out with friends and really reinforced the notion that things were going to be all right. And this is where the sheer size of MFF actually worked in its favor, at least for me anyway. There were so many people all seemingly having a good time that it made it really hard for that reoccurring thought of everyone is watching me and waiting for me to mess up doing something not to be too prevalent. Coupled with everyone looking like they were enjoying themselves really manifested in me trying to change the mindset from trying to avoid everything that could go wrong to simply trying to enjoy the things that were going right. It's it's a little hard to explain, but I felt really comfortable in the madness of a convention that big, and hanging out with simply great people the entire time really made the entire weekend a lot less anxiety-inducing than what I prepared for on the way there. Did it solve my social anxiety? No, far from it. Again, those spaces where things were quiet and away from everyone really got some good use out of me. But Thankfully, it was only during the transition periods in between activities anyway where I felt like I needed to go to those places. I didn't feel the need to excuse myself from anything that I was doing in a group, which, again, I was prepared to do, but thankfully didn't feel the need to do so. Now, in an effort to kind of reel things in a little bit, I can feel myself darting from thought to thought about this convention. Let's try to conclude, and let's talk about my final thoughts about Midwest Fur Fest. Well, I titled this review a microcosm of the furry fandom because I think of all the conventions I've gone to, and again, admittedly, that number is only four, this convention really encompassed everything about the furry fandom into one place. And I really do mean everything, even some of the not-so-nice parts about this fandom. Remember the third category of going about a convention where it's just one big party? Doing it that way does have its consequences, and the ambulance was called quite a few times, and there were many instances of simply unacceptable attendee behavior that the staff had to deal with. But from what I could surmise, everything that had to be dealt with was dealt with in an efficient manner, and even things like MFF's Twitter being a direct communication pipeline to anyone who had any questions or concerns throughout the con was actually pretty cool and reassuring as well. But getting back to the main point, I still think this really was a microcosm of the fandom because it really exemplified what this fandom is designed for, at least in my opinion. You could come in and go through the convention tracks and learn all you could about this fandom and get a real understanding of what we're all interested in, anthropomorphic animals. But honestly, this fandom really shines when it's used as a place to meet new people and make new friends. And of all the conventions that I've gone to, there hasn't been an overall better environment to do that than Midwest Fur Fest. And it was clear to see that as well. There were so many formal and informal meetups throughout the con that it really felt like it was designed from the ground up for you to come away with at least one new friend in this fandom without even trying. And in my opinion, that's the true endgame of this fandom. Finding friends that you go to cons with and make memories with is the best thing that you can get out of this community. And Midwest Fur Fest not only provided a great place for those memories to be made, but also provided a conducive environment to germinate new friendships as well. So 
yeah, I mean, was MFF my favorite convention I've gone to? If I'm honest, I'm actually not sure yet. Despite going alone, there was still something to be said about the magic about Anthrocon and its relationship to the city of Pittsburgh, where it felt like the entire city was actively enjoying the presence of the fandom there that I don't think really can be duplicated anywhere else. So I'm actually curious to see if I can go with a group of friends to Anthrocon next year to see if I can make a better apples to apples comparison. But I can say this with confidence. Midwest Fur Fest was the best furry convention I've gone to and really does live up to the hype. It's very intense and it will drain you. I literally haven't gotten back to pretty much any of my messages for the past week since I just need a break from social interaction for a while. But trust me, it's worth it. You'll either have a blast with your existing friends or stumble into making new ones. And while it is intense, it's simply the best way to gain a direct understanding of what this fandom is truly all about. And yeah, I think that's how I'll conclude my review of Midwest Fur Fest. Thank you for listening. We actually should be back next Saturday with another bonus episode that will just be me talking about something again. So be on the lookout for that one. But Until then, take care of yourself and stay wild out there. Peace.